Hello friends and welcome to episode 615 of the Chair Shot Podcast. We are back once again. Uh, I'm Joe Towney Boy Towner, joined by my good friend Paul the G-Man Griffin. Hey Paul, how's it going? Ah, uh, I can't reach out and touch you this time. Oh, he was doing that a lot last week. <laughs> I didn't, but la- yeah, last time we recorded, we were sitting side by side. Mm. Now we're s- separated by a big old bit of water again. Big, big sea, the big old Irish sea. Um, we are not joined by um, Mr. Barry Murphy, whose birthday it was this week. He's 32, so you know, I know he tells Is that what age he is? He says he's 29, but he's actually 32. Okay. Um, yeah, and the rumours are true. Um, you may have noticed the last few weeks, Barry and I have not been on the same show. Um, we are actually <laughs> we are actually working a brand split. Um, so Paul Paul's kind of the you know the Ricky Starks or the the, the Christian Cage. You know he'll be on all shows, uh, and then Barry and I will yeah. take turns. I was in a bad mood after the last recording. To be fair, <laughs> um, yeah, if we're in the same podcast, ooh baby, it could go off. It could go off. See, the thing is when that came out the bad mood thing mm. i said i'm fucking using that i'm using that on the podcast it's gonna be great and then i'm watching fucking collision last night christian cage has only gone and stole my my thunder by getting to it first oh no well in a world of uh, counterfeit barry's uh, paul and i are the real bucks and we're here for you um <laughs> To preview the big, the big, big show this week, uh, well, tonight, well. Forbidden Door. Imagine if the big show was on it, that'd be good. Him versus, uh, I don't know, one of those Japanese lads. That'd be good. Uh, Akibono again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the original Forbidden Door. What was that, big WrestleMania 21? Did they do big that? Big show versus Akibono. Uh, 21? Yeah, I'm having 21. I think it was 21. I think or it was 22. 22. Um, yeah, big big show this this week. We'll get, we'll get to that preview a little bit later on. <laughs> Neither um, of us have ordered it yet. I've ordered it. No, I've ordered it. Oh, you have, you have. You know I, I, I have. I fucked up. I was going to order because they did a package of like the four AEW yeah, pay per views for eighty dot for seventy dollars, but I've forgotten ordered double or nothing, so I've messed yeah. that one up. It's only ten dollars, but yeah, so miss, like, missing out on a bargain. Martin Lewis would be furious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so we're back. It's been a crazy few weeks because I was away for quite a bit. And then Paul was here in London, so we couldn't do a full show. So we did a little show last week. And now we're back, but Barry is out celebrating. We will all be back together next week, I hope, as we fully get into the the road to All In. That is going to start next week. This is the final, final pit stop. I mean, yeah. I say, you say we didn't do a full one last week, but it was still an hour, a good hour long uh, being show. A full, full show, really. We talked yeah. talk for a bit. We talked for a bit. I will say one more time, thank you very much for having me over. It was a lovely little, uh, little trip I had. God bless. Um, Pretty yeah, nice to have you. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm back in Ireland now. And, and unfortunately, that, that one thing I had to look forward to for a very long time has now happened. <laughs> So I guess the next thing is all in, I guess. It's not, not far away. It's only two months. It will fly yeah. by. <laughs> yeah, It is. It's only two months away now. My God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got home from uh, London and then I said, well, I, I'm being hit by not, not the, the blues or anything necessarily, but you know, mm. you, you go to a big city like London, you meet a lot of people, you eat a lot of good burgers, 
<laughs> and you co- you yeah. come back to little old Ireland and you say, oh, life is mundane and uh, and and what what is this and what what am I doing? And so you say, well, the one thing for that is to go out to the shops and spend a lot of yeah. money, buy some things, buy some things. I I yes. did do that. I you know I, I still have my ongoing argument with the Lego company. All right, not so resolved. I no. No, 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 but I, I did buy more Lego. Uh, I bought the Executor Superstar Destroyer from Return of the Jedi. Ooh. Look at that, look at that bad boy. Oh, dear. Uh, they, they've done a 40-year 40, a 40 anniversary, Return of the mm. Jedi, 40 years ago uh, this year. And so they've done some of their... I, see, I like their little diorama-style ones they do. Right. This is, this is of course, an 18-plus Lego. So this isn't for... Oh, this is this is the convince. Yeah, there's like there's a dick in it and there's some boobies and that. Yeah, um, is it eighteen? Is that just because of the the parts or the? I don't know. It's mostly tiny little parts. Yeah, right. Uh, don't eat it. Is the the message? You don't get many of the big four by four squares. You know what I mean? Right, it's all yeah. it's all pretty small. Um, but I do like these, and and I built it last night, and it was it was a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Um. But no, my my uh, my other one uh, is still is still not resolved. I emailed uh, the Lego folks. Uh, let me t- share with you what they said to me. So I think I mentioned this, this to you when I was in London. Mm. Let me give you the exact context. So for people who are new listeners, uh, I ordered a, a Lego set. I didn't order. I bought it in the shop. You bought it in in. February, Feb- okay, and it was missing a piece, and I've been emailing back and forth with Lego customer service uh, to get a, re- a, a replacement piece sent out. Uh, three times they've said they're going to send it, and three times the piece has not has not uh, appeared. Um, so my my last email, I said hi team. <laughs> I've made. I've made so far. <laughs> Is that how many people are working on this case? There's like a whole yeah, 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 yeah. forty people. I've made so far three missing piece requests. Three pieces were apparently shipped out. I have no proof that they were. Uh, none ever arrived. Can we escalate this somehow, please? It's been months now, and I'm still unable to complete my set, which is just not acceptable. It's unacceptable. Already confirmed my address in the last email because I knew they're going to go. Can you confirm uh, your address, please? I did already. I'm not confirming it again. Look at the previous email. Uh, I hope the solution will not be to ship a fourth time, which also does not come. Thanks and appreciate your help because I can't be completely. You can't be a beast. Yeah, let me just let me just clarify for you. Right, this email uh, was off the back of. uh, Let me tell you when the last one was shipped out. Uh, I sent this email the 16th of May. Mm-hmm. The shipment was made on the uh, the 25th of April. Yeah. Okay. I would consider that enough time. 25th of April to 16th of May. You're talking three and a half weeks. Okay. For for a, a piece of Lego to be shipped from Denmark to Ireland, three and a half weeks. I reckon that's mm-hmm. enough time. Uh, they don't agree. <laughs> they said, thank you for your email. Uh, the ordered Lego pieces are shipped from our headquarters in Billund, Denmark. 
The bricks are hand-picked and packed in our warehouse in Denmark and then shipped by regular mail. Standard shipments usually arrive within 11 to 15 business days. Okay. What can take up to 28 working days? Sorry, I don't live in a world where 28 working days actually happens. Post does not take that long within the EU normally. Uh, but wait for the wait for the best, right? Thanks for your patience. Blah blah blah. About you know, fill out fill out mm-hmm. your survey and the have a bricktastic day, Paul. Oh fuck off! Well, now you're fucking. Now you're rubbing it in. I don't have a brick to have a bricktastic day with. Because uh, you haven't given it to me. That's a anyway. that's a joke, isn't it? Oh, but I mean, their email templates are obviously just copy paste. So, of course. But I just I'm just checking, by the way. Uh, it takes 21 hours to drive from Billund to Dublin. So, yeah, on the ferry. That, so, yeah, if you if obviously, yeah, through the through so, the tunnel. Will I, say, do you, will, I, will I come by and pick it up? I mean, you could have, you could have driven there and back. Got it. My point is, after it didn't arrive twice, uh, maybe send it registered post a third time, so we know that it just doesn't come. Um, and also, give me free Lego. Please, we're at a stage now where just random pieces. Just the I'm, 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 I'm upset. Yeah, no, we want a little, a little Mario Lego or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, happily, the Star Destroyer was not missing any pieces. That's good. So I was able to complete that build, and it was very fun. Uh, I also bought myself a new pair of uh, what we in Ireland call runners shoes. You, you might call trainers. Yeah, shoes. Americans might call them sneakers. Well, not shoes, but specifically running shoes. Shoes, shoes for running. Sure. <laughs> and I bought myself a new sh- a new shirt, which I'm wearing today. Oh, uh, yeah, it's very snazzy. I'll tell you why. Because it, uh, white, little white yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. Is because I don't really have anything that I can wear into the office. Right. As hot as it is. Mm. Because my clothes are either... Long sleeve shirts or black t shirts with mm. knob killer on, splashed <laughs> across it, you know, or or Manchester United jerseys. So I said, okay, let me find something that is light and comfortable enough that I can wear casually on a nice summer day, but also if I was going to the office, I could wear it and get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So did I get anything else? Uh, I had a lovely Kentucky fried chicken, mm. which is very nice. Uh, very good. Went against my normal burger orientation. Change it, Change it up a little bit and um, went to the cinema. See the new Wes Anderson. Ah, okay. Well, uh, Asteroid City, which I'll talk about later on. Well, I also went to see that yesterday. So. <laughs> and actually, when I was in London... Did I mention? I think I said this too as well when I was there. When I was in London the mm. previous night before we met up, we were walking, I think, around Soho, but obviously my geography is extremely bad right. for London. And there was a little exhibition, little Asteroid City uh, pop up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it hadn't actually opened yet. It, apparently, it was going to be the following day. We just walked by, they were setting it up. Oh, it was a shame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. I did. Uh, I haven't pre-ordered AW Forbidden Door, AWX New Japan Forbidden Door. I have pre-ordered, mm-hmm. however, AW Fight Forever on the Xbox. 
so I know Barry is going to be doing a, a big day one stream. I'll give him a little mm. plug ski here. Uh, I will also be playing it day one. I have a pre-order. Get, the, get that Matt Hardy V1 uh, uh, pre-order bonus. I will never use his character. I will never play as Matt Hardy. Will you delete him? Delete. <laughs> delete. Um, when is it? 29th. Uh, you sounds about right. Yeah, Thursday, I'm not I think. sure what day. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to give that a whirl. I'll talk about my my expectations for that a little bit later on as well. But um, yeah, that's basically what I've been up to. How's your week been since I uh, waved goodbye for the final time on uh, Sunday? I think yeah, been. yeah. It was good. It was good. Um, not as busy this week. Just back at home. Back at the. Back into the normal routine after a few weeks of uh, traveling. Um, yeah. yeah, been been pretty good. Um, bloody hot here. Decided yes. to go out for a, a long walk yesterday. Did a did a little fifteen miler. Nothing cheeky. Nothing. Nothing. But cheeky little. You know. <laughs> um, but it was hot. It was very clammy, uh, and I got lost in some woods. <laughs> I was like, I mean, you can never really get lost because I was looking at the GPS dot and you know watching myself move around. So I knew where I was, but I was trying to find the proper path because I'm a bit of a stickler. I was doing a particular walk, and I'm like, right. I want to do the pro- the actual path that it says. You know, I don't want to kind of skip bits. I want to follow it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think I was maybe in the, just in the wrong park. So I, I was walking through like literal forest. It was just trees. Uh, you know brambles and um yeah or logs falling over i was like indiana jones like i was eventually i managed to get out and find the path and i was like, very relieved but um yeah it was it was a nice walk overall but it's uh, a bit, bit too hot for that kind of uh, palaver and how's uh how's paul parker doing he's good he's standing guard on the old bookcase I, I brought joe a little uh, paul parker figurine Yes, and uh, I have Nikki Butt on my shelf here. I decided to keep Nikki, but I have others up in the attic somewhere. Uh, for listeners, I don't know if you can look up the, the, the old Corinthian figures. I think they're mm. called. I colloquially call them big heads because they're big, <laughs> big heads. heads yeah. And I used to actually out in the hall here in my parents play little Sabutio style mm. football games with them against other teams made up of other toys. <laughs> So not, like, Cor- not Corinthians, just other. Yeah, Michelangelo toys. is in goals. Um, we're going to have uh, He Man in center mid. That kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I brought you a little Paul Parker. And I, I have Nicky Butt, and I have some other ones mm. up in the attic, mostly from that 95 to 97 yeah. uh, period. And actually, I won a competition when I was a kid in the uh, Sunday Times. And I won a set of uh, figures. It was the England squad from the time. So I have I have some random, like an mm. Andy Hinchcliffe and a nice Alan Shearer, Rob, and Rob Jones, and yeah, Phil um, Bab. Oh no, he's not Irish. Phil Bab. Phil Bab. Ah, oh, don't be trying to claim Phil Bab. Trying to nick Phil, Phil Bab. <laughs> All right, you can you keep you have Phil Bab. <laughs> You have Phil yeah, Bab. We'll keep Declan Rice. It's fine. Yeah, Declan Rice and Jack Grealish, and we'll keep Bab and uh, Andy Townsend. That's a fair swap. Fair swap. It's fair. Right. Um, uh, in yes, terms of Paul, wrestling. Paul also, I must say, before we move on, I must say, Paul has also very kindly gifted me 
a wonderful, wonderful gift I was not yeah. expecting, which was very, very generous of him. It was an autographed CM Punk trading card, which I was not expecting. And I, it's, yes, it is pride of place. My number one. I mean, I don't have a lot of wrestling like memorabilia. I've got two t-shirts. No. Yeah, two t-shirts, probably a few action figures, and my trading card collection. So yeah. this is a shot right to the top. So thank you for that, Paul. You're welcome. I mean, people are going to think now that I brought up the Paul Parker as a kind of segue to... Well, I think he did. Uh, no, honestly, honestly, I, 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 if you had decided to keep that as a little secret between us, I would have been perfectly happy with that. Um, you're very welcome, of course. Um, in terms of actual wrestling news, it's pretty pretty quiet this week, ironically. Uh, yeah. One item I do have on there, though, because I was so happy with the pun that I came up with oh, yeah. for the for the headline, um, I decided, okay, we're going to need to talk about it. Even though it's, it's a story that normally we would not even acknowledge. Hmm. But uh, Fuego del Sol, longtime AEW uh, stalwart, is is no longer as of uh, is first of July. He's got no longer going to be with the company. Mm. Um, you might recall his little. Uh, was it with um, Miro when he got his contract? Was Miro yeah. involved in that? Yeah. And there was a, a nice little emotional bit where Sammy Guevara, I think, was involved as well. He got his little contract. It was it was a nice thing that was never followed up on in any meaningful <laughs> way. Yeah. Um, but he's he's moving on. So good luck to him. Uh, and. Yeah, what, what I have written on our run sheet here is uh, Hasta Luego del Sol. Hey, like Fuego, Lego. Luego. Luego. Also, the Collision debut did uh, did ratings comparable to Dynamite, I would say, which I think was, was pretty good too. Yeah, for the first week, it was uh, pretty good. 0.33 in the old demo. Yeah, and beat Dynamite in the demo. Overall viewership was in the same kind of ballpark, yeah. eight hundred k ish, wasn't it? Yeah, Saturday night's pretty pretty tough competition, so yeah, not a bad start. We'll see how it goes. Um, like it last on. night, and that will come out probably tomorrow. I mean, to, to their um, credit, you know, Collision, I would say both weeks has been has been quite good, and ultimately, all you can do in terms of re- retention of viewers and trying. Mm-hmm. You know, get new viewers in. Well, not all you can do. But I would say first and foremost is is make the show good. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think they, I think they've done done a good job with Collision so far. I think so. I mean, well, we'll talk about it in a minute. But I think it's been it's not been a kind of spectacular surprises kind of show. It's been more of a solid wrestling storyline progression kind of show, which I actually yeah. do appreciate. Well, uh, yes. I think you can have a good balance, but I think you're right in that. Collision definitely has its own distinct vibe from mm. Dynamite, which, which in my mind going into it was kind of the uh, the concern was whether it was going to be too mm. much just a Dynamite again, so Dynamite twice a week, or whether it would be too uh, sterile almost and just be matches almost like a, like Ring of Honor or mm. you know, but actually I think. They, they found a nice little uh, unique feel for it. I think the commentary team adds to that, just in terms of being different feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they continue to not be able to pronounce wrestlers' names, which we'll get to. 
So the banter isn't... It's not banterific. It's not banterific, is it? Kevin Kelly... Sometimes Kevin Kelly does sound like he's literally being fed word by word. What to, and now uh, Miro is walking down the ramp. Oh my! Oh God, Kevin, come on, make it sound natural, baby. Uh, and why can't he yeah. pronounce Japanese wrestlers' names? Doesn't he commentate on New Japan? That's what he's been remember? doing for ten years. And we got Kanosuke Teshita. Teshiki. Hey. Oh dear. Um, so that's our wrestling news, news. And, and more so, more so life guff, I suppose. Mm. Uh, we do have a little quiz for you, Joe. Okay, let's have it. Let's I'll have be it. only a little one, only a little one. It's a new, a new yeah, segment that I'm that I'm uh, workshopping here. It's called "Whose Debuts the Newest." Who's okay. Debuts the new? Okay. I couldn't quite make the last bit right. So we've got five five questions for you here, Joe. And okay. simply put, it's who debuted first. <laughs> um, and it's all AEW. Mm. So don't, don't worry about casting your mind back to uh, who debuted first. Was it Stan Hansen or was it uh, <laughs> Lex yeah. Luger? Lex, who, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is all AEW debuts, and we just to clarify, debut meaning first televised appearance. Okay. Does not need to be. Now, does not need to be in the form of a match. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and to my knowledge, all dates I have documented here are correct. But obviously, I, my sources, I, I believe these to be correct. Yeah. But I, I, I'm open to be corrected if something here is is not right because obviously with debuts, well, actually, he was in the background in a, a dynamite brawl. Mm-hmm. You know, blah blah blah. Okay. So, question one, Joe, who debuted? Cast your mind back to. The year 2022, if you can remember back that far, who debuted first, Brody King or Keith Lee? Hmm. And I'll give you a bonus point if you can ballpark the month they debuted. Well, oh, that's tricky. Keith Lee, I'm struggling with. Brody King. Would have debuted not long after the Ring of Honor acquisition, which I think was in like March or April of last year. So I'm, I'd say Brody is probably like April or May. Keith Lee, uh, well, he was, but he would have been because when did they? They lost the titles at Arthur Ashe, so he must yeah, have been around slam. for at least six. I'll go for Keith Lee. Keith Lee debuted February 9th, 2022. Brody King, January 12th. Oh. So he just had a few weeks on it. It was actually Brody King. Damn. Um, how about we go to a, a big, a big tough man uh, pairing here? Who Ooh. debuted first? Was it Roosh? Or was it Samoa Joe? Okay, so Samoa Joe again would have been on that. He was on that first Ring of Honor show, which there was WrestleMania weekend, so the first week of April. Um, but when did old Rushi Boy debut? I'm going to say he was before that because I think he might have come along in the interim between Ring of Honor closing and the new Ring of Honor starting. So I'll say Rush was first. Yeah, let me do- let me just double check. Oh, my dates here. 
You've conv- you've convinced me. Um, Roosh, Roosh 2013 film and Roosh band. They're not what I'm looking not for. Not the band Roosh. AW. No, it is. It is Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, April 6, oh. 2022. Roosh debuted at the Double or Nothing pay per view. Uh, May twenty, May twenty nine. So Shit. zero, zero for two so far. That was some mojo. That one. Right, there we go. Here we we go. go to the we go to the women's. We go to the women's. Okay, right. Yeah. Who debuted first? Renee Paquette or Soraya? I think Soraya was Arthur Ashe, wasn't it? That was her her debut. Or was that the first one? No, no, that was her Davis. Definitely. I'll say Renee. I think it was before that. No, Soraya, no. Sef- September 21st, Renee, October 12th. So it was only three weeks in it. But... Only October, Renee. She's only been around for eight months. She's only been around since October. Yeah, I mean, she it's still crazy. feels like she's not been there that long. Um, crazy. Okay, we'll go to, the, we'll go to uh, the, the, fun, the fun crazy boys next. Uh, Juice Robinson. I will say there's a little bit more of a gap between these two. I won't say which way, but there's like a a month and a half gap here. Juice Robinson or Jeff Jarrett? (laughs) God. I'm going to say Juice Robinson. I feel like he's been around actually for quite a while. And then yeah, Jarrett. He debuted and then went away for a while. Yeah, he disappeared for quite a few months before coming back. Yeah, Juice Robinson, September 28th of last year. Jeff Jarrett, second... Of November. Okay. So you, you got a point. You got a point. Yeah. There. And then your last one. Phew. And this this is the one we're go we're we're gonna go back a little bit here, see if you can remember. Who debuted first? Swerve Strickland or Dan Housen? Mm, yes. Mm, right now it's very evil. Um mm. Mm, evil debut. Uh Dan Housen hasn't been on telly in about six months, has he? Um now he's injured. It's mad how popular he is, or how much merch he sells. Considering he's he's only been on TV about four times. I have I have a Hookhausen shirt. Ah, very nice. Has. Um, I I feel like Swerve. God, I can remember the pay per view that he debuted on, but I'm not sure which one it was. But I feel mm. like that was ages ago. It might have even was it Double or Nothing, or maybe Revolution. I'll go for Swerve, Swervey Boy. Swerve, Swervey Boy was March. 6 2022 i think that was revolution yeah uh danhausen debuted at beach break 2022 oh. which weirdly takes place in the winter it was january 28 oh danhausen was first i'm afraid joe you got you got one out of five that was poor. you need you need yeah you need to go back and review your uh your debut dates, I feel like. There were just so many. That's from a period where there were so many debuts. It's very hard to keep I know. track. Nowadays, there's you hardly get anyone new. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's, and I, I, I specifically picked people who debuted relatively close together, yeah. just to make it yeah. a little bit trickier. Um, yeah, well, yeah all, all, of the, all of that was was within 2022. So I, I only did yeah. AW and I only did 2022. So there you go. Nice, good quiz. Yeah. Um right, let's let's review a bit of wrestling. I will say oh. it's the third week in a row 
after two weeks when I've professed, I like to think I'm a man of my word. Yeah. But after two weeks of professing that uh, that Rampage was going to not consider anymore, uh, I, I did watch Rampage. Well, I just felt like it being the the last one before a pay per view. Potentially yeah. some match announcements. MJF announced for it. You know, uh, and also we were um, we watched Collision live again this week. So I watched I watched mm-hmm. both collisions as they happened. Yeah. You, did you stay up for it yesterday? I did. Yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. Um. So it was kind of like to have something to do as well while you wait for Collision. I was yeah. Stick on, stick on Rampage. So I think Rampage will will depend very much on. Not only if there's something good announced for it, a match or a segment or whatever, uh, or if there's a pay per view having that weekend, but or if I'm staying up for collision, it will also uh, factor into that. Um, it's mad now. We have so much to uh, recap, though. Five hours of TV to recap. That's the first time we've had that on a non. Although it is, a, I was going to say a non pay per view week. It is a pay per. We have a pay-per-view tonight. But that feels like the the last time we had five hours of TV to review was like 2012 when we were talking about... Raw, Impact, SmackDown. And NXT. Um, Austin Aries and Bully Bully Ray go for the TNA World (laughs) title. Oh, dear. Um, CM Punk and John John Morrison on the same show as well. I mean, for people people who've only come to this podcast recently, to, to hear that we used to review every week raw smackdown nxt and impact must sound like the biggest like mind bug that's how boring that was christ um, um, well it was it was fun because we were uh, we were a lot madder back then and and uh a little, a little bit younger a little bit stupider a little bit less filtered mm. um but now we're funny in a more kind of mature way honestly yeah kind of sexy um, sort of way oh i just shit myself <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Dina Mite uh, opened up with uh, our two favorite tag teams in the world, the Guns and the Hardy Brothers. Yeah. Um, Now, I'll say, Guns, I feel like, more now than than ever, and they've, they've had a world title run. But more now than ever, I, I watch the guns. I see their entrance where they come out. Spotlights on them. Camera pans around. They do, li- they do their little guns. And if, if you've noticed, when they shoot the gun now, yeah. they do the Triple H, but they spray the water yeah, at the yeah, yeah. like, And I, I, I got to say, for, for as much as I've said that these guys were no hopers and, and all of that for a long time, presentation-wise, when they come out, if you were coming to the show fresh if you had never watched mm. aw dynamite first thing that happens is and you have the spotlight come down and these guys are standing there with their Shawn michaels gear on and shooting their guns these guys look like stars. players they look like goddamn players they look like players and it's funny because i feel like the only thing holding them back right now is the previous perception of them kind of being geeks because right now, pretty much mm. everything like they're they're perfectly competent in the ring. Yeah, 
Character-wise, I think they're good. I think especially Austin. I think Colton is a little bit... Mm, they're more laid-back. Yes. A bit more vanilla, I want to say, almost. He's kind of the Billy, the Billy Gunn to the road dog. Uh, to an extent. Yeah, and yeah. You can, yeah, I mean, you don't need to necessarily have the two people have the exact same like personality or anything. Anyway, it's yeah. going to have a balance. It's good. They look great. Um, I just wonder, yeah, what's kind of the next step? What's the next progression for these guys to be able to be taken seriously like how does that happen because it seems like they, they take a lot of the boxes i think they kind of get i think this week we'll get to collision but i think this week was a big step forward like being in a main event with a and lot being of top associated guys. with tough guys yeah i think kind of like you know if if you, you think back to the stadium stampede the <clears throat> anarchy in the arena type matches where you have a tag team in there in a main event with the main eventers it kind of gives a bit yeah. of a rub in terms of credibility i could see them yeah teaming with you know, Jay White, Juice Robinson and getting that. But I think they they are getting the credibility is kind of building. I, I think they're really good. For me, they've gone from from jokes to enjoying them ironically to actually they're just good now. <laughs> just I just really like the guns. I think they do a great job. I, I mean, I guess the other thing is that they haven't had a an indie run or a run in another company. They're really yeah. AEW homegrown. And that's kind of something that can work against them in the sense that even you're you're kind of proud and powerful and best friends. Like they were teams that were brought in from other mm. promotions. So they, they arrive not only um you know characters fully established and so on, but also fans are already familiar with them when they debut. Whereas the guns, you think back and they were just awesome gun in the crowd during the pandemic screaming at us. It's like the, the nightmare factory, all of those guys. <laughs> like the kind of Brock yeah. Anderson and the Lee, what's his, what's his name? Lee um Big shoddy Lee Johnson. Big shoddy Lee Johnson, yeah. Those got you like, who are they? <laughs> Cody's kids. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Captain Sean Dean and his little feud with MJF from last year. Remember when he beat him twice? That was good. He should beat him again. <laughs> Maybe he's wrestling him on collision next week. I think I think he wrestles on Ring of Honor at the moment. I think he's part of a group in Ring of Honor. But um yeah, I mean the guns, big 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 shout out to the gun boys. Uh the Hardys, though, I mean this this was a week where we had you know, we, we talk about the guns as being new, fresh, up and coming. Between this and Collision, there were definitely some performances where you you really are looking at the clocks and how much longer are we, are we going to be putting these guys on mm. on TV for? And unfortunately, one of the guys, and we get to Collision later on, but one of the guys uh, is is wrestling for the AW World Title tonight, which more and more feels like a kind of nostalgia thing rather than actively putting together kind of a, what Wait, should be a good match. Who's wrestling for the AEW World Title? Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, okay. Sorry, I lost what you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tanahashi, like, I mean, my tenuous link is that Tanahashi, like the Hardy Boys, is uh, is barely able to move these days. Yes, yeah, the old knees are, knees are the gone. Old knees. Well, he's him and Matt Hardy specifically have got the old, uh, mm. the old knee issues. And Jeff, I mean... People still like him, but I feel like we need to like give them give them the the uh, the old fuego del sol, hasta luego when the contracts because uh, they must be on big money as well. You know, when when the Hardys first debuted at AW, it was definitely a, a fun moment. If you remember what he was doing his little, little dance <laughs> while running down. <laughs> I'm gonna save my brother, but let me fucking dance first. But like since then, what's the payoff been to the Hardys in AEW? 
I don't feel like they bring much to the tag team scene. I don't feel like we've really got any, I hesitate to say dream matches, but like matches where memorable matches of any kind with the Hardys. There was, there was obviously the Jeff Hardy Derby match that was memorable. I almost want to say for the wrong reasons, but, uh, well, anyway, there's another retirement match. We've got a few. We've got Sting, Hardy Boys, a couple of other yeah. lads. Uh, yeah, for sure. Although no, Sting, Sting can wrestle for another ten years. Oh no, Sting's going to. But I, I'd happily watch Sting for another five years. <laughs> I mean, I think that is actually probably part of the. the when you look at Sting and the way he's booked and the way he wrestles, there's a reason he can still go at his age. Whereas. Tanahashi and the Hardys are trying to wrestle like normal yes, members of I the was, roster. They're not being well, booked me, like an attraction like Sting. Let's do an impromptu um, explain. Mm. And uh, mm. oh, hang on, hang on. Mm. Let me let me stroke my chin for a second. Ooh. Pensive mm. thought deep in. You know, uh, I wonder, Taker, brothers of discussion. I was watching a video on YouTube in the week, uh, not about wrestling shows itself. It was about wrestling uh, belts, mm. and this person was was I think they they had like um, an AI has designed these new belts. Let's you know, see what the fuck I came up with, right? So, yeah, I know, I know. It, was, it, it was just tosh, right? But there was an interesting thing mentioned is that uh, they said this belt looks like it could be something like a uh, like a legends belt. Oh yeah. And I thought that's interesting that wrestling seemingly has. And I, I know, didn't TNA have a belt called the Legends? TNA had the Legends was, belt. But that was not really a, a Legends. Wasn't it like the first couple were, were Legends? I think AJ Styles held it when he was like 32 or so. <laughs> uh... But that's the thing is, is like a Legends division. Because you're you're right, you're right in that. Let, let's take the examples of Sting and Tanahashi this week, right? Sting, you can kind of enjoy. I I don't even want to say ironically, like you can mm. legitimately enjoy Sting, but you're watching him with a different set of expectations, yeah, than when you're watching Darby and the other modern wrestlers, right? Whereas Tanahashi is in there with MJF and working a singles match, where the expectation is that Tanahashi. Is going to be more or less on the level of MJF. Mm. Um, so I wonder if there's a, a different way to approach booking legends in a way that's they can still, to an extent, do their thing without it necessarily being uh, equivalent to the modern wrestlers. Because that's what you see a, a, a lot of complaints about WWE is bring in a Goldberg and they're beating. Or, or, or a, a rock or a, a brock, you know, the part-timers beating the full-timers, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I wonder if there's some some creative way to kind of get around that by um, some sort of some sort of Legends-style branding. Um, or maybe it's just as simple as, look, with your Legends, you just have to be a little bit smarter, a little bit cleverer in how you promote them, how you book them i.e. what they've done with Sting. Yeah, Hardys do do six man tags with some young young buck. Not not well, I don't mean Matt and Jeff. Ironically Matt and Nick. They do, I mean, they do with uh they did Brother with Zay. Brother Zay. Uh, but no but well, it's among someone good. I mean 
but but the thing is, Brothers A is always the third wheel. It's the Hardys and, and their Brothers A. It's not the Hardys propping up the new mm. youngster. It's actually the other way around, it feels like. Um, but I thought that'd be interesting. Like, you don't necessarily have to have Legends wrestling Legends, but even if that were the case, would that be hard? Would that be so bad? <laughs> you know, as, as a little, you know. Because I think if I was watching Sting wrestle, uh, as an example, um, The Godfather. <laughs> I don't know why he came to my head, but let's just say. Obviously, I wouldn't have the same expectations watching <laughs> that. It could be it's almost exclusively a nostalgia type, I don't want to say division, but like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, maybe not The Godfather. Godfather is a weird one. But let's say we let's say we finally decided to do Sting Undertaker. Flair. They're both, they're... Flair Sting and Flair. <laughs> That's what you want. That's what you want to see. Well, I mean, I think even my little Legends division will have to have an upper limit on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We don't want someone dying under during, ninety. Uh, yeah. Um. Do do the medical and so on beforehand. Anyway, long story short, the uh, the guns beat the Hardys. Hardy boys. Yeah. Yes. And then and then there was a lot of run-ins. Including there Mr. were a CM, lot of running. Mr. CM Punk, who wasn't even supposed to be here. Um, <laughs> I'm a collision can... guy, which is kind of slap, slap in the face to the idea that there's not some sort of division of the yeah. talent between the two shows. Um, I'm not even supposed to be here. And also, the guns are on collision. What are they doing here having a match? <laughs> it's just kind of, kind of a bit silly, wasn't it? Um, I did like the runners, though, although I will say the, the camera was a little bit. Out of, out of whack, like we didn't see CM Punk till he was nearly in the ring. Mm. Did we get? Did we even get his music? Did he just get a, a, a silent run out? No, it was, a, it was a, pro- a proper run in, not one of those fake, run-in. fake run ins with the music playing. I would kind of refer to that. But anyway, it set, set up the main event for for Collision. For Collision, uh, Mark Briscoe and Jeff Jarrett in in the concession stand brawl. Mm. I mean, I think I think most of the backstage stuff from this was a little a little weak for me. Um, I think it kind of got fun once they started kind of making their way to ringside and you had repeated run-ins by people in masks, just one after another after another. It was very, very funny. Um, I was kind of hoping we were going to get Satnam trying to camouflage himself somehow. Maybe maybe <laughs> behind, behind the barricade, but on his knees with a mask on or something. But yeah. he, just, he just came down the, the ramp a little bit, a little bit uh, anticlimactic. Um, I mean, this match had, I think... Nine run-ins, nine or ten uh, <laughs> interferers. Okay, let's let's count, right? We had, needs we had Karen, Karen, Sanjay, Sanjay Lethal, Satnam, Satnam, Papa Briscoe, yeah, best friends, Lucha Bros, Christopher Daniel. Ten, ten, ten run-ins in this concession, mm, bro. Needs more. And how many had we in the previous match? Uh, I'll be it afterwards. Uh, four was it or six? Well, you had the, uh, it was the guns and the Hardys. You had yeah, Bullet Club, Juice Robinson, the guns, uh, Jay White. Well, the guns were in the match. Oh, so. Six. Okay, no, it's four. It was it was Jay White, Juice Robinson, FTR, Ricky oh, no, Starks, well. CM Punk. So oh, six. six. So, six so, yeah. so so sixteen run-ins between the first two matches. That's dynamite. Uh, needs more. Needs more. 
Well, I, I like Papa Briscoe getting involved, hit, hitting clotheslines. I, I remember when we were watching Collision, we had to rewind to watch. Well, what, what yeah. Uh, lines was very fun. Or Rampage, that, that might have been. That was cute. That was cute. The match itself was okay, but I, I, I was hoping it was going to be a little bit a little bit better than it was. Mm. The, the backstage that I actually thought was, was quite weak. Um, we had uh, the five-on-five match made for tonight. BCC with Konosuke Takeshita yeah. and uh, Shota Umino. Uh, and they're going to be against the Elite, plus their two partners, which mm-hmm. were revealed by the end of the night. Yeah. Um, we had the uh, Suzuki Gods, uh, surprisingly, defeating the team of Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and AR Fox. Uh, who saw that one coming? No, no upset this time. Um, very think- nice line Line what, tamer for the what I like about Collision is you don't have Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara on it. That's no, we, well, you can't have Sammy Guevara because you've got Andrade and his big fist. Oh, uh, yeah, good. Prowling around backstage. But I, I am sick of Jericho. Did we know. talk already? Uh, no, we wouldn't have. But this, did you see the photo Andrade shared on With his Punk? Twitter? With Punk. And it yeah. was like, the, 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 the text was something like, Too big, beefy boys. This is where the, the, the tough boys hang out. And it was like a fist emoji. <laughs> it was like, Sammy, stay away or you're getting one of these up the chin. Where the, where the bad boys play. Oh, very, very funny. Tremendous. Um, yeah, very nice line tamer submission for the win here by Jericho. And uh, Sting and Darby came out. And uh, they, they did not announce their partner, which the crowd were not happy about. No, they teased it. They teased it, but in a way that deflated the crowd. Um, um, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if the better way to do it would have been to somehow have Jericho be the one to be like, "You guys got to find a partner, and you've got you so, know, so uh, 72, 72 hours." You know, so so yeah, rather than yeah. them having having someone ready, but we're not going to tell you arbitrarily until collision. Like, what's that mm. stomach storyline was? You know, you, you could put put that on Jericho and kind of have the heat on Jericho, so to speak. Yeah, um, no, good idea. Um, Tony Schiavone and RJ City were backstage with the big tumbler, the big Royal Rumble tumbler, picking out names for the uh, the, the, tag, blind the blind eliminated tag, tag tournament. What a catchy name! Uh, much better than Lethal Lottery or Battle Bowl. Um, yeah, definitely love that. Also, why they're not they're drawing it again, but not telling us. <laughs> It's another thing. Well, we know, but we're not going to tell. Like, have a reason. Like, what? Like, I don't know. It must be. Yeah, I don't know why. Why is that? Seg- why is that segment being recorded with yeah. cameras for television if they're not going to reveal who they picked out? I also don't know why they couldn't have had, like drawn one of the teams to actually kind of show how it worked, and then yeah. drawn Adam Cole and MJF and Shabani goes, oh well. <laughs> Not going to tell you about this one, or I have to I have to check with Tony on this one, something like that. You know, just hundred percent. Give give us an example, and then do the kind of turn of oh, we're not going to tell you about the next one because yeah. this just yeah made no sense. Um, yes, yeah, so then it's, it's also it's also a little bit too contrived for literally the first team they draw to be Adam Cole and MJF. Like, yeah, well, was it the first team? Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> it could have been the the final team. You know, that's yeah. It would have been less contrived if they'd. Set it up properly. Speaking of incredibly contrived, uh, the elite were backstage with Eddie Kingston, who said, I'll team with you even though I don't like you, as long as I get to pick the fifth man, uh, which they agreed to. Um, 
for some reason. <laughs> and he says, I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ooh, dynamite. <laughs> Does it ever have to make sense? No. Yeah. He said, I don't I don't like or respect you guys, but I hate Claudio. That was that was his his hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, his 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 criteria for teaming with them was but I get to pick the partner. So I have someone on the team that I can trust because I don't trust you three. Um, but he, yeah, he didn't have, he didn't want to name the, the partner Dan and uh, there. Uh, we had Adam Cole and MJF who the previous week had a banger of a match. Yeah. Uh, here they had a, uh, a segment where Adam Cole was, uh, was extremely annoying and uh, kind of cooled off the steam for me coming out of that match. Um, yeah, I I get that people like him being like a smarmy kind of babyface. Yeah, but he was just he was so fucking annoying. Oh, I couldn't stand. It. Um. Anyway, this is where Shivani Shivani stood up for no reason. Was like, "You guys are partners. Oh, I couldn't keep it in. Sorry." Uh, which is which is also a bit silly. Um. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't very big on this. I didn't like, you know, Cole going, you're a coward. You're a coward. Okay, I accept the match then. I know. This was, this why, was, this was yeah. week, And Tanahashi coming up, looking like he's filmed it on his phone. Uh, yeah. I, I hate I This was just another mess. Like, why do you... You don't need to have the video of Tanahashi. We know who he fucking is. We know who MJF is. Them having a match, brilliant. It's It's a dream match. Except Tanahashi can't wrestle anymore. But apart putting that aside, it's a dream match. Like you don't need to hammer it home. You could have just focused you, on MJF and Adam Cole's feud, kind of ongoing. You, you you have a ready-made thing already with Adam Cole wanting the another shot at MJF. Mm. Just say, well, if you're turning down the Tanahashi match, you're wrestling Adam Cole as a baby. Oh no, no 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 no! I'll, I'll have I'll have Tanahashi. I'll have Tanahashi. Another good idea, Paul. See, this is what we should be on the team. Just yeah, just this logic behind a lot, a lot of this stuff. When you sit and go through it segment by segment, yeah, Oof, it needs to be just. Yeah, it's, it's, this wasn't great. It needs to be more like collision. <laughs> we had the tournament brackets announced for the Own Heart uh, okay. Foundation. This was fine. Uh, it was fine, but I'm I'm always again taken aback when this big tournament that well, not so much this year, but last year, felt like it was being built up for months and mm. months and months and then it's got eight people in it just randomly chosen uh the eight people this year are cm punk who's going to face uh satoshi kojima tonight roderick strong who hasn't been on tv in about a month since that uh i was fighting outside in the garden uh, mm. match. uh samoa joe who only just returned to tv after about two months away uh dustin rhodes who's hardly ever on tv Powerhouse Hobbs, who's just really returned to TV after a month off. Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But um, they're your eight people who are in the, the tournament. Uh, seems like we're going to have CM Punk Joe, I would think, in the semifinal. Yep. And then uh, Hobbs Stark, I would think, in the other semifinal. Yeah. I think Ricky Maybe. goes Ricky goes to the final for me. What do you think? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Based on well, the, the, the match, this depends point. on whether you want to have. I don't know if Punk, I don't know if Punk wins this. I feel like Joe Joe and Punk is the kind of going to be the feud going forward. If, if I was to put the smart money on, mm. so maybe you've you've Punk beats Joe and then Joe costs Punk the final. So maybe you do have do you do go with a Hobbs to have a heel winner 
off the back of that. You don't want Ricky to win via fuckery. Well, that's why I wonder if Punk wins by uh, screwing over Ricky or something like that to play into this mm. kind of hit slight heel character. And, and they set it up, you know, this week with the tag match with them being friends and everything that could yeah, that's play true. off it. I think Ricky would bet even losing to Punk in that final would benefit, especially if he was kind of screwed over a little bit and then maybe they do a rematch. Yeah. But yeah, either, either way, Hobbs or Starks would be good. Uh, women's tournament with Athena, Billy Starks. Um, Athena, who's the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, of course. Billy Starks, who's had like two matches mm. on AEW, I feel like. Uh, Anna J, Sky Blue, we obviously had that match already. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as Nyla Rose, Willow Nightingale. Uh, and then we have Ruby Soho and Britt Baker this uh, Wednesday coming. Uh, fun tag match, Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia. Defeated Orange Cassidy and Cassiora Shibata in the uh, the big old pure wrestling uh, tag team match. Uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Garcia, who danced so aggressively that he tore his, <laughs> his pads at one point. Oh, he's uh, great. And he was he was literally he was bopping his his little crotch into Orange Cassidy's face at one point in the in the. <laughs> three um, is it too early to give? Gimmick of this or any other year, <laughs> any decade to, Dan- to Daniel Garcia. <laughs> um, I, love him. I mean, I the thing is, I don't want to come off as a hypocrite because I know in WWE you have your your big monster is introduced, and within six months they're they're dancing fool. You know, Tensai, yeah. Brodus Clay, to name to name but two. And and the dancing character has never, in my mind worked there why is it such a hit with diana garcia because diana garcia is is for all intents and purposes such like a, 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 an obvious straight-laced wrestler mm. and that was how he was introduced obviously and now they've gone with this he's a sports entertainer he wears leather pants he dances um why is it, it so good it doesn't feel forced i think like you think of um, gable in wwe like he was for a long time doing the kind of comedy shtick. Yeah. This this feels organic. Like it feels like Daniel Garcia being himself. Right. That's why I really I, I appreciate it. And it, and it's not a dancing gimmick. It's not like he's supposed to be a dancer. Like he just does this dancing <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Lo- love Garcia. Um, so this was a fun tag match, as we said. Garcia split his pants, but the funny thing was, the split in the pants looked anyway like one of the black diamonds, which was on the gear, so it was easily yeah. camouflaged. Uh, only that the commentators continually brought attention to it, and Taz saying, "Who split his pants, Jones over there?" Mm-hmm. Um, match was very, very good, and by the end, they all had a hand on the title, and ooh, even Cassidy and Shibata. And Cassidy was all angry, and he ripped it. I think that match might be my uh, my my people's choice sleeper sleeper hit yeah sleeper hit of the year yeah all my faves in there all my faves I love Orange Cassidy love Daniel Garcia Zach he's the you know, my compatriot and of course Shibata had his brain taken out or whatever so you got to like you got to like that guy <laughs> come back. respect and it was in their brain yeah man. so I'm looking um, forward to that one yeah we had Statlander Ty of Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, oh, well, actually, you missed Will Ospreay backstage. 
with Don Callis. Oh, he was back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Canadian, it's your little fucking shit, mate. Oh, who ever met a nice Canadian? <laughs> Fuck them. Slags, a lot of them. And then Don Callis offered to provide <laughs> military-grade security for Osprey. So I don't know what that means. Could be something interesting there. I look forward to, to finding that one out. And yes, then Statlander did beat Tyre Valkyrie. It was a good match. Um, obviously, quality of these TBS matches improved since Statlander won the title. Even though she doesn't have that aura that Jade had, the matches are a lot better. I think we could say. Yeah, no, I, I thought this was very good. Um, probably her best, her being Taya Valkyrie, probably her best match she's had. Um, Kingston then finally came out. I mean, there was like two minutes left in the show at this point. <laughs> Kingston finally came out. And we still had it um, advertised as Danielson is going to call out Okada, still to come. Yeah. And you're like, we got we got three minutes left in the show and Eddie Kingston's in the ring. What's going on? Kingston's in the ring uh, saying he... And, and to be fair, we, we were maybe a little bit harsh on Eddie Kingston last week when we talked about his his T-shirt being a little too small because he did make reference this week. Maybe he listens. Sorry, Eddie. We, we, we love you. But he made reference to the fact that he'd, he'd been injured and he'd been eating a lot of ice cream, which is fair. Uh, so he put a little shirt on and uh, he said, uh, you know, uh, John Moxley teaming with this fucking prick. Claudio and Moxie came out and they had a very, I will say, very believable back and forth. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the like best promo segments. <laughs> Just that little bit with Eddie. Eddie always elevates it. He's so good. But like, um, it was so simple. It, it didn't have to be yeah. a 10 minute Shakespearean soliloquy. It was just. Moxie said about six words, I feel like, and, and he was like, every time. Every time what, John? It was what he every didn't say. What, it was what he didn't yeah. say that mattered. We've got to read in between the subtext, you know? Well, I mean, performance-wise, this was this was uh, top, top stuff. Yeah. Um, Kingston announced that the fifth man was going to be Ishii, and there was a big old brawl, uh, which which uh, led its way down to Danielson in the ring with... Uh, with Yuda saying, Okada, where are you? You big, you big bollocks, you. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the the coins dropped and out came uh, the, the big old the big old Rainmaker who's a good foot and a half taller than Brian. He's and I, you know, taken aback by how big Okada is when he's in. He's a big lad, isn't he? And uh, he had his Rainmaker on Yuda. Danielson was able to escape it and run away. But uh, yeah, that's going to be your main event for tonight. So we're looking forward to that. Um, Rampage, then. Um, let's jump over there. This quickly. is Rampage, baby. Um, yeah. United Empire and Swerve Strickland versus Chaos. That was, yeah. was, was what it was. Uh, enjoy that. Yeah, it was okay. It was a, um, an Empire showcase, if I like. <laughs> yeah. Um, Adam Cole, MJF promo, another one. Um, a very, a very quick one, though. Yeah, this was better. So basically, to set up Filthy Tom Lawler versus uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Uh, I did like they... MJF um, making the save. Oh, let me take my... Let me take oh, my I'm coming, buddy. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. I'll be there in a second. And then by the time he actually finally made it down, that, that Tom Lawler and... Uh, who was the other fellow? Royce. 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 Royce Gracie. 
yeah. that they, they they then ran away from MJF as if it, they were Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, this was much more effective than the the dynamite segment. I thought if they'd I done the, the reverse of this, like say, like you said, Cole had come out and said, you know, I've I've got a message for you, MJF. Tony Khan says if you don't face Tanahashi, you're going to be stripped of the title or something like that. And then you do the reverse where MJF comes back and gets you know his own back on MJF. That would have been a more effective way to build their feud and the, the two matches for the pay-per-view. For sure. Anyway, you live and you learn, hopefully. Um, I've actually never seen a, a Filthy Tom match, so I'm cautiously optimistic here. I've heard he's right. good. Yeah, he's all right. Maybe he's good. Let's see. We'll see. Let's see. Um, um, and here's, here's my, my segment of the show. The acclaimed TV segment of the week. So they won a match. I don't know who they were against. They won in like 30 seconds. They won. Uh, And then your one from the QTV uh, videos, the Australian one, Harley Cameron came out. Yeah. With two lads in masks. And uh, she said, you boys think you can rap? Fucking listen to this. (laughs) Listen to this. She's no Iggy Azalea. I'll say that. I thought she was very good. In, 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 in a way, in, in, in a twofold way. One where it was funny from a wrestling mm. heel perspective. She, she, this tiny white woman is is dropping bars. But also she was perfectly confident at it. Like we've seen uh, the heels do the rap bit where they're literally doing oh, My name is Jared. I'm here, here to, to say, say I don't like the acclaimed in any way. Exactly. Yeah. Was, was, to be fair, she was better than, than that. She was better than that. Um, she also said, uh, Anthony Bowens, I think you're into me. Um, and we, we should go on a date and have uh, children or something. <laughs> Whatever she said. <laughs> and Bowens said, have you been kicked in the head by a kangaroo too many times? Uh, because he's gay, mm. uh, which got a big old pop from the crowd, which was which was lovely to see during Pride Month, yeah. and and a he's gay chant, uh, which as as he pointed out on Twitter himself, how refreshing it was to see a uh, a he's gay chant in the most positive of ways mm. uh, was was really nice. So, uh, congrats for for Bowens and uh, and this segment. Uh, however. Uh, slightly ruining the segment, but not completely, was uh, the return of Johnny Nitro uh, to AEW. Although now we have Collision, maybe there, maybe there's a, a little bit more room for him, and maybe he had something to that QTV stable. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 finding it hard to be excited by uh, by old Johnny ever since uh, Lucha Underground Johnny Mundo, which I think was his last like good run. Mm. Um, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Don't um, bring him in as a, a guy to do jobs to like. If you well, like, like on it. collision, you know, bring him on collision and have him lose to Andrade or to uh, Miro, whoever. Like, if he's in that role, I think that's. I think good. he does elevate the QTV group a little bit as well because they're yeah. they're almost with, with the exception of Powerhouse Hobbs, they're almost exclusively geeks. So I don't mind there to be a little bit more. You know, somebody. Yeah. I mean, I think Harley elevated them more. She's had nuclear, <laughs> nuclear heat. Don, Don Callis esque heat. 
That was pretty. pretty she carried herself really well as well. Yeah. I, was, I was impressed for, by someone who seemingly doesn't have a lot of experience. I thought she did very mm-hmm. well. Um, Sky Blue did beat Anna Jay in that uh, qualifier with her uh, Code Blue. She's getting quite a little push lately. I like Sky Blue. I think she's doing pretty well. Um, these last couple of matches have been really good. Uh, then uh, going for, and then in the main event, Jack Perry defeated Doki. Doki, Doki. Uh, uh, in, in a very good match, albeit one where Hook was mysteriously absent from ringside. Um, yeah, Jungle Boy's ready for that heel turn. Well, the crowd are certainly ready for the the Jungle Boy heel yeah. turn. They were kind of willing willing it in this match. Yeah. Um, but the match was quite good. I, I, I've I've never really liked Doki presentation wise, but he's perfectly good in the ring. This, yeah. this was this is good. Uh, and then and then Sonata came out and looked uh, very much like a star, um, holding his belt up while Jungle Boy looked at it like a little child. Mm. Um, and then we moved to Collision, which was our. Uh, Saturday night's all right. For Saturday night, Saturday, which they don't play during the commercial breaks on Fight yeah. TV for some reason. It's annoying. Um, what I did like was we got a little cold open with the two teams in the main event, almost a version of the Mark Henry mm. um, time for the main events, which I'm sad is now buried on Rampage. Like I, maybe that could have made the transition to collision. That should be on collision. But I understand we want Collision to be its own identity separate from Rampage. So we start taking the best bits from Rampage to Collision. Maybe they don't want to do that. But I don't I, I miss the Mark. Okay, I don't miss it because I've watched every Rampage that's ever happened. But I certainly, if I don't watch Rampage going forward, I will miss the... Uh, sounds like there's been enough talk. It's time for but I did like here we had the, the, the promos from both teams in the main event. That was quite nice. Uh, Jericho Suzuki and uh, not Sammy Guevara came out and uh, called out Darby Allen Sting to announce their mystery partner. And it did turn out to be Tetsuya Naito, hmm. who obviously has history with Jericho uh, in New Japan. They had a match in the Tokyo Dome. Um, and he beat Jericho at the Tokyo Dome, of course. Uh, in 2019, so there he's the piece of I've I must say I've never been a huge Naito fan, but he's he's a big name and he got a big reaction. And again, presentation wise, he looks very important. And so, optics wise, it was good. Yeah. Uh, we had our first. Oh, let me pray to the God in heaven. We had our first Redeemer promo in. A year or so, yeah. Uh, albeit he's now godless, he says, I don't look to the god anymore. Um, well, of course, it sounded my like mirror, my mere impression is bordering on an orange sheet there. I, the the god in heaven is worse than the Hulk Hogan. Of course, it sounded like he was talking about Tony Khan at first. He was like, This idiot wants me to come back. <laughs> I can't remember the exact words, but it sounded like he was meant Tony Khan. Maybe Tony Khan was the god. Maybe that's when he was talking about God. He yes, meant, he meant the, the Booker, you know, the kind of metaphorical yeah, yeah. god. And so now he's yeah, he's renounced the Booker, he's renounced his wife. 
His, his beautiful, beautiful wife. I love that. Desperado. Well, she's off with LA Knight, presumably. Anyway. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, kind of, hmm, yeah, made his way down to the ring, just about, uh, to take yeah. on Swerve Strickland. Uh, it, was a pretty, it was a good match. Um, um, I I almost couldn't enjoy it because Tanahashi was so oh, yeah. immobile. Yeah, I wonder if he's because yeah. he looked pretty good. I mean, he wrestled Daniel Garcia at the Ring of Honor pay per view and looked yeah pretty good. I wonder if he's had a bit of injury or something's happened since then. He did look a bit rough. Oh, it was rough. He fell off the top rope at one point as well, as well as being barely able to move around. But like that's you know Tanahashi is. Uh, a guy who's wrestled for many, many years at the top, top level. He is a finisher, which he used to do multiple times a match, mm. which involves jumping from the top rope and slamming his knees into the ring. Um, but look, I mean, at this, uh, realistically, you have to reach that point in a wrestler's kind of life when you, you look at Undertaker and his, his output uh, against Bray Wyatt and and the like, and you say, you know what, you're wrestling John Cena. You got four minutes. We're not doing we're not doing the half hour Undertaker match anymore, you know. Or you're wrestling AJ Styles in a pre taped cinematic match. You know, I, I mean, I think there's just a point where you know Undertaker had the best match at like six consecutive WrestleManias, but then 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 you reach a point where you can't do it anymore. I feel like Tanahashi is at that point where. He doesn't necessarily need to be. And this is two years in a row. We've had Tanahashi as the guy who wrestles for the AEW World Title. I, I feel like it's probably going to be the last, the last time. This is a guy. This is a guy based on what he can realistically do. Who should be one of those six man tags? Yeah, agreed. Um, certainly not in the top two or three matches. There was one sling blade in this match, which was so sad. Mm. That he he barely barely made it. It, it I, I I would say it would it would be generous to describe it as a sling made. It was it was mm. kind of that much. Uh, Tanahashi did get the win ultimately with the high fly flow after he slipped off the top rope and fell off. Um, MJF then appeared via video and uh, just kind of blathered on <laughs> about nothing in particular. Um. Then we had our our Andrade match of the week, who's very quickly becoming the thing you look forward to collision for. Is who's Andrade going to have a banger with this week? Because we know previously in, in, on Dynamite and Rampage, Andrade was a guy who could be very hot or cold, depending on who he, who he was wrestling, what mood he was in, mm. uh, whether or not he had punched someone backstage prior to the show, but. I feel like Collision, we're, we're kind of getting a, a re-energized Andrade. Uh, now, I don't think this was as good as the uh, the Buddy Matthews match. But I thought it was very good. And uh, Andrade, when he gets going, is is really good. Yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, really playing to the crowd, Andrade, I think. It's just getting super over as a baby face. I think this crowd just likes the good wrestlers, you know. Well, I mean, this is the thing that we've we've talked about for the longest time with with characters like CNN Reigns, where they come out and say, 
suffered suck-tash, kid. Mm. It's like, what about if you had a babyface who was just a guy who kicked people's ass? He's just a badass and says, I'm a big punchy, punchy boy around the face. And just like, <laughs> a big fist. Compare that to Sammy Guevara, who has to come out and go, mm, my wife's pregnant, she's having a baby girl, please cheer for me. Fucking nerd. Fuck off. <laughs> I want to is a big man. I think there's something to be said for a babyface who just kicks people's asses and is tough yeah. and and is has really good matches. Importantly, also. No, no pandering. You just need to pander. Just no. fucking get shit done. Like get shit done. Now, this match did end with a rare disqualification. Mm-hmm. When Matthews ran in. But the match was so good that I don't think it made much of a difference. It was all right, but I don't know why they had to... Maybe they're going to do a rematch between well, these they two. Well, they but... didn't want Brody to submit, I imagine. But right. also, it seems like the, the ultimate... Um, the, the the goal here is... Or the direction isn't necessarily a rematch. It's, it's presumably Malachi and Andrade. Well, ultimately, yeah. But why why not have him win? I, I just... Why not have Andrade for... beat up beat up the two of them at the same time? Yeah. Because he's so damn tough. Yeah. They did be they they did be his ass <laughs> with the big pile driver. Well, that was the thing because he he didn't win and then he also did get beaten down as well. Like surely he could have won the match and then got the shit kicked out of him. Just to... ah, but I mean he he visually won the match and actually he did win. But oh, visual he did, he did win. No, he did win the match technically and visually he had him in the submit. Morally. I don't think look. I don't think this is a nitpick where you can say they've made Andrade look bad here. I mean, he he, he was beating Brody Lee's or Brody Lee, rest in peace, beating Brody King's ass, and then another man had to run out to save the big Brody King from Andrade beating him up. I mean, I think I think Andrade came out of it pretty okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. We had uh, speaking of big blokes, we had Christian Cage come out with Luchasaurus. To explain the TNT situation, TNT title situation, which he didn't do, no. <laughs> really. Um, he was very funny though, and yeah, he did. He did allude to the fact that he is the the, the champion. Yeah, even though they never explicitly said it. Um, there's some good lines in here. There's a Cody Rhodes shot out of nowhere. Why is Why is Christian out to go him? Um, we're not doing open challenges anymore. They're out. <laughs> you gotta earn it. <laughs> I love. I love it. The fact that he's the one saying this, and he hasn't earned the man who hit Wardlow in the head with a camera is going, you got to earn your titles. We don't give that anymore. Christian's great. He is. He's he's fantastic. Um, uh, Willow Nightingale and Nyla Rose. Very good. Um, Big power moves in here. Big pounce. Big power bomb for the win. Great. Uh, Willow I, I nearly think between Willow and Sky Blue, I think one of them should probably win the tournament as well. Oh, I think so. You've got two good baby faces there. That's what you. Two good baby faces. Let's give one of them a little push instead of la- last year. Who wins? Adam Cole and Britt Baker. <sighs> Come on. This year, let's get, let's build some people with this fucking tournament, please. Um, Scorpio Sky is back. And I, I said last week, look, let's be open minded. Let's give this guy a chance. He's doing the same. Click the lights off. Give it. Uh, yeah. um, yes, you gotta get serious, son. This isn't Impact Wrestling. This is Collision, baby. Yeah, I, I don't just know. you got you got to bring it up a level. I still want to be 
fair, but at the same time, cautious about how how far Scorpio's guy can realistically go. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs had a squash match where he hit the biggest spinebuster I've ever seen. Um, and then we had the main event, which was the uh, the the eight man tag, which was which was very good. But I do have a concern mm-hmm. about these these really long main events. So we've had two shows now where the main event was starting before the half past the hour with thirty minutes to go. Um, mm. and I think I think this is maybe more a UK and Ireland criticism, but when it's when it's late in the night and you're staying up late to watch Collision, and uh, and the main event's going to be over half an hour long, I, I mean, I, I would rather I'd rather twenty minutes. Let's let, let's not do the 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 marathons every single week. Um, the match I said was very good. Don't get me wrong, but. It's almost like I'm going into it going, well, I know the first ten minutes here doesn't really doesn't really matter. I like the ma- I liked it. I like the match. I like I the match as well. Long, but it's, but it's, I like it's just the... long. It's just long. It's it, but it's an eight man, six man and eight man, you know what I mean? It's not like you've got two guys in there for thirty minutes. It is there's a lot going on. Yeah, and with, with the right two guys, a, a thirty minute match can be good. It's just I don't feel like we need a thirty minute main event every week. But that might be a, a collision trait. I think so. I think we'll get Punk Joe. Will be like forty minutes. See, Punk Joe, Punk Joe. I would love a thirty-minute match. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the thing with with six man and eight man as well is there's there's an inherent feeling that they're not as important as a one-on-one match anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, this was good. I thought Punk looked better in this one than he did in the Joe match. Even though the fans are obviously into him and Joe, I feel mm-hmm. like he felt a little bit more comfortable in the ring here. Um, and we did get finally. You can't, you can't have a bullet club without a couple of guns. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, yeah. That's why they're doing the... With the the spray. Oh, it's all coming together. Because they're called the guns. <laughs> that is their name. Yeah, but they're in, the, they're in the Bang Bang Gang. Now they're in the bullet club. Now right? he makes... Yeah. Although one thing they didn't do, which is a long-running a long bullet club uh, trend, is the T-shirt. That's normally... The formal someone's in bullet clubs mm. when they have the the t-shirt, but they just did the little, they banged their little guns together up in the air. The bing bing bing. So signifying that they're officially uh, part of the uh, BCG bullet club gold, uh, and that left us for uh, Forbidden Door tonight. So let me pull up the card, and Joe, what I want from you for every match is your Score out of ten, enjoyment points. What prediction or like? No, well, I don't care about your predictions. Just how? You know, yeah, excited, prediction of my exci- your excitement for them. Oh, okay, how, how excited. Okay, okay. Uh, your excitement points. Yeah, for uh, for each match. How much are you looking forward to it out of ten? Okay. Uh, pre-show: Athena, Billy Starks in the uh, first round of the Owen Hart Cup. Uh, I'm not going to watch the pre-show, so zero. Okay, I'm gonna go. I am gonna watch show. I'm gonna go a. Uh, I'm gonna go a six on that one. Okay. Uh, United Empire versus uh, the uh, Lij Shingo Takagi, Bushi, and Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, that would be zero. A zero. Yeah. No, she, I, lo- I love Shingo. Hiromu is quite good. Bushi. Oh wait, well. TJ, TJ Perkins is in it. Oh wait a minute. Ten out of ten then. 
I didn't know. Has he ever been on AEW before? Uh, no, I don't think so. Jeff Cobb, okay. Kyle Fletcher, and TJP with the LIJ. I think I'll give, I'll give that one a seven. I'll give that one a seven. That one a seven. Uh, Stu Grayson versus El Fantasmo. Uh, zero. Zero. I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll go a six. And I think I think those two guys are really good. That could, that might be a little sleeper here as well. And then Mogul Embassy, Swerve Strickland, Toa Leona, and Bishop Khan versus Rapongi Vice, Rocky Romero. Uh, Trent Beretta and El Desperado. Zero. Okay, I'll go. I'll go a. Uh, I'll go a five on that one. I think that'd be okay. Okay. okay main show. Main so show proper. Matches. Here we are. Uh, Adam Cole, Tom Lawler. I would say seven. Seven excitement points. Seven excitement points. I'll go. I'll go six because I. I don't. Yeah. Tom Lawler is. Uh, is still got a question mark for me. Yeah. Uh, Tony Storm, Willow Nightingale. I'd say it was a seven. That's where the, that's where the win is. Right I am, yeah, it, I think it'll be good, but it's not a dream match or anything. But No, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go a six on that one for okay. the same reason. Uh, Orange Cassidy, Zack Sabre Jr., Katsuyori Shibata, Daniel Garcia for the International Championship. I'm going to go nine because I think Daniel nine. Garcia Ooh, might split his pants again. Oh. <laughs> That's what you're looking forward to. I'll go an eight. Well, that's what bumps it up. There. That's what bumps it up from an eight to a nine. Yeah. 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 Potential wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, CM Punk Satoshi Kojima in the own heart. Cool. Uh, nine. Nine. Yeah. Not. I've never seen Kojima before, but I just think Punk will do something mad with him. They'll, they'll have some kind of mad match. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I've had the pleasure to see Kojima live, so uh, I'll go a seven on that. I think I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be good, but lost in the the wave of, mm. of better matches. I feel like uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite, uh, Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii, uh, mm. ten man tag. Mm. I think I was seven on this one. Okay, I'll go an eight. I'll go slightly higher. I think this would be a, a nice big classic. Uh, elite clusterfuck here with Hangman. I think if you got this, Moxley, Claudio, Hangman, Young Bucks, Kingston, Takeshita. Oh, yeah. all great. Um, yeah. Suzuki Gods, Jericho Guevara and Suzuki versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Naito. I'm going to go eight purely for Sting. Agreed. I'm not really interested in the other guys. Ah, well, I, I, I like Minoru Suzuki a lot. Yeah, um, I like I like his song. Uh, MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. MJF, who this year has had exclusively bangers, and mm. Tanahashi, who I don't know, was capable of Looks a like an old banger. Yeah. <laughs> will they meet somewhere in the middle? I, I'm going to eight because I think MJF will. We'll he'll he'll do shenanigans. It's a perfect match actually for Tanahashi because MJF can just do chicken shit stuff, and Tanahashi can look right. like an ace, and but MJF pulls out the win. Something like you know. The, Probably a good opponent for him because he doesn't have to have the crazy physical match. So I think this will really probably open the pay per view as well, based on what MJ. This could be like one of those five star openers. Like you just, I know it's, <laughs> I know after the Tanahashi on Collision, no one's expecting that, but I just feel it could be one of those matches that's just like fuck, this is good. You know, suddenly it's like whoa, awesome. yeah. I'll go with seven on that one. Uh, Sonata versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry with Hook. Uh, seven. I, I, I'm, I think I will enjoy this one, but I'm not like crazy for it. You're not mad for it. I, I'll, I'll say the same. 
And then we come to our main events, our big double main events of the evening. Uh, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship on the line. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. I'm going to go nine. I'm going to go nine as well. I'll tell you why, because I I just have a, a sneaking worry that's not going to, it's going to be great, but it's not going to be able to follow the, uh, yeah. the original. Well, yeah, we have seen it this year, so it's not, uh, that's maybe what just takes and it. it was, and it was phenomenal. It, was, it phenomenal. was phenomenal, but it's not the first time ever dream match, but nine is still. But sometimes the second match, just as good, or if not better than the first one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, from 25 was better than 26, but I know a lot of people who prefer Godfather Part 2 to Godfather Part yeah, 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then your main event of the evening, first time ever, dream match, a, a, a legitimate dream match, and they don't come along too often. Kazuchika Okada versus Ryan Danielson. 10. 10? 10. I'll go, I'll go strong nine. Oh! A strong nine. A nine? T- For that again, let me say, I, I know, I know, but let, let me explain. I just want it to, like, over-deliver my expectations. Okay. As much. Okay. If, if I give it a 10, there's no wiggle room for that. If I say I'm looking forward to 9 out of 10, and then it's a 10 out of 10 match, yeah. oh, my mind will be blown! Okay. I think it'll be I think it'll be excellent. I think it'll be the, your, your typical, like, 40-minute main event. I just um, think, yeah, it's the biggest dream match you could do in wrestling that doesn't involve WWE. Like, what? There's nothing sure. bigger, is there, really? Maybe, like, a Punk Omega Possibly, given, given <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had that stage at, uh, and, uh, last year. But this um, is the match, really. I certainly in terms of people who have never faced off. Mm. It's it's very special. Um, and that's your show. So uh, it's it's looking like another another really good one. Um, right. Moving quickly along, Joe. Yeah. You watched a load of movies uh, across the last couple of weeks. Do you want to give me a rundown of what you've seen? I'll I'll quickly run through. So I watched a lot on the, the various plane trips I've been on. Um, yeah. So the first thing I watched was Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I watched the second one, which I had never bothered to, to watch before. I kind of skipped it because yeah. I was a bit lukewarm on the first one. So I was like, I can't be bothered to watch all these Marvel sequels, whatever. I might watch it one day. I was on the plane. There was nothing else really on there. You know, I'd watched the first half hour of Black Adam, so I needed something good to watch. Um, put on Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with Kurt Russell as Ego, um, who's kind of revealed to be uh, the father of Star-Lord. Um, and I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was... I, really? I loved it. I, th- I wow. thought... I think it's overtaken Thor Ragnarok as my favorite of the MCU movies. Okay. I, okay. I just thought Kurt Russell was brilliant. I love the soundtrack. I loved how it did the kind of jukebox pop music thing, but it was very uh, non-obvious kind of tracks like the Fleetwood Mac and all this other stuff. These kind of late seventies, early eighties type songs I thought were brilliant. Um, I kind of, I like the story. I like the villain. I thought it was very interesting. And I liked a lot of the comedy. You know, I thought Drax was really good. I thought Rocket, all of them, the supporting characters all hit the mark perfectly. Even Yondu um, was was really, really good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it it was perfect for what I wanted to see. 
And after that, I went back and watched the first one. Um, to kind of, straight away after I finished the second one, I was like, fuck it, I'll watch the first one. Enjoyed it a bit more than the first time. I still preferred the second one, but I, I did kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Um, and of course, you can't have that second one without that first one. And then once we actually got to LA, we went to the, the cinema, saw the latest one. Um, so I did enjoy the third. That would probably be the weakest one for me, part three. Um, I think a lot of the, firstly, the whole um, Avengers Endgame thing got in the way with <laughs> how that affected the the main relationship of the film in a very unfortunate way. Um, I, I The focus on Rocket, I didn't love too much. Uh, there's a lot of this kind of, you know, not too too much of a way of a spoiler, but there's this kind of animal testing theme to it, which was okay, but I think it went a little bit too far in some places. I I liked some elements of it, but it also, again, the, the soundtrack as well just didn't hit for me because it started using these really obvious songs. And the, the most egregious example would be, I don't know if you remember when years ago the Star Trek, um, I think it was, a, it was the second or third Star Trek came out, and they had sabotage by the Beastie Boys on it. That was the, that was Star Trek Beyond. That it was, was Beyond, thing. yeah. And um, a lot of people were like, I can use a Beastie Boys song at the start. You know, there was a lot of criticism of it. And I was the reason I enjoyed the second one so much because it didn't do that. It didn't use those kind of obvious like songs like uh, Smash Mouth. You know, all of that that gets used in every other movie. Um, and then this one goes and uses the Beastie Boys in, like a key point in the movie, and I was like. Ah, uh, that's disappointing. I thought they were... Thunderstruck! No! Sleep! The Brooklyn! I was like, oh no. And then, then a few other choices. But having said that, it was fine. But I, d- I did love that second one. That is way up there for me. So that's Guardians of the Galaxy. I watched Scream 6, um, which is the, the most recent one that is set in New York. Um, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I feel like as... F- as this franchise moves further away from the original movie, it also becomes more and more dependent on the original movies in terms of it's all about the law of Ghostface and all these previous killers. It's kind of get turning into the Saw movies where it just gets wrapped up in itself. And I, um, I kind of wish yeah. they would almost just forget all of that, just have it be completely fresh, um, almost like a complete reboot. Just do that. Like I, I, I this, this this whole thing is just not working for me. Um, I watched a man called Otto with Tom Hanks. He plays a kind of grumpy old uh, Victor Meldrew slash uh, Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino type character who gets redeemed by his wacky neighbours. Um, it's actually a lot better than I was expecting from the trailer. I thought it was it looked really shit, but it wasn't actually that bad. It was, <laughs> it was quite a sweet movie, and it was it was funny enough. Uh, I watched She Said, which is about the Me Too movement and kind of centers around Harvey Weinstein and two journalists investigating his uh, uh, numerous um, assaults and harassment of women. Um, It was quite good, but it felt almost like a kind of made-for-streaming movie, like it's sort of thing that had been on Apple TV. Uh, It it kind of like like a spotlight, but made-for-streaming rather than winning an Oscar. (laughs) That's kind of why I enjoyed it. Uh, It wasn't wasn't bad. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but it wasn't. It never reached that kind of height. Uh, watched a movie called In the Cut, which is a Meg Ryan movie from, I think it was from the late 90s. Uh, it's kind of a thriller that was a huge flop and that she was... Okay. Um, kind of derailed her career maybe after all the sort of rom-coms she did. 
Um, it's a very, very strange movie. Mark Ruffalo's in it. I think it's quite an early, one of his very early films. Um, I, I won't waste too much time talking about it. It's not a good movie. It's a very odd movie. <laughs> um, right. she, but, but so having said that, she's Meg Ryan is not that bad in it. She's actually pretty decent, I thought. Anyway, I was watching Women Talking, which was uh, this kind of, it was described as like a 12 Angry Men, but for women. Um, was how I saw it yeah. sort of summed up. Um, a group of, uh, they're not described explicitly as Amish, but I think... Men- Mennonite, I think they might be. Yeah, it, it, they're kind of some archaic society in, in the modern day that, that lives by old, you know, kind of old rules. And the women are all sort of subjugated and um, they have to debate whether to leave this community or not after some of the women are assaulted by the men. And so that's kind of the whole movie is them debating that, but... To be honest, you're kind of sat there watching these women go, hmm, should we leave this oppressive patriarchal society or not? And you go, yeah, just just leave. There's no real kind of sense of should they or shouldn't they? Unlike with 12 Angry Men, where it's about the guilt of this um, you know, accused person, and you're not sure whether they actually did it or not. There's a real kind of tension there. With this, I was just like, yeah, what do you want to stay for? It's rubbish. Just, just leave. Just go. So it's kind of an hour and a half of that. Um, oh, I, I quite like. I quite like to, I, I didn't typically do a lot for yeah. me. Um, I mean, I mean, it, the, the thing is that the way their society is built is that inherently mm. they're forgiving of of these kind of things, and there's obviously a pressure on the women to behave in a certain way. Yeah. Do you know that that film is set in Bolivia, by the way? Sorry, Bolivia. Yeah, I, I, I guess you assumed that that film was set in the United States. Yeah, it's based on a real life case which happened in Bolivia. <laughs> Um, okay. Mennonites. Um, I did enjoy. I, I thought there were similarities, similarities to Twelve Angry Men, but obviously I don't think it's mm. anywhere, anywhere quite near as good. Um, and then finally, I watched uh, Creed Three, uh, the latest installment of the Rocky Creed saga. Um, oh, of course, and I, I bought Rocky on 4K Blu-ray while we were in London. Of course, nice yeah, little, nice little uh, link there. Um, so I, I have really enjoyed these Creed movies. Uh, second one, not quite as good. First one, better. But um, yeah, this one kind of sees Adonis, Donny Creed, uh, kind of retiring, but it's sort of brought out of retirement by the return of his uh, childhood friend, played by Jonathan Majors. Um, it's, it's very kind of Rocky Three-esque, you know, with Mr. T as, as Clover Lang, kind of coming back to shake, yeah. shake Rocky out of his uh, stupor. Um I think the two leads, you know, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, are absolutely both really, really good. Um, fantastic kind of um, chemistry between the two of them and the, and the way the kind of movie switches as it goes on, the, the, the dynamic of those two characters, I thought was really good. Um, there were some elements of it I didn't like in terms of the, I thought the way it went was a little bit kind of movie, movie cliche, whereas I, I felt it could have gone a different way. But over, overall... Um, pretty decent effort and, and I, I really enjoyed the fight scene at the end they took it in quite a different direction from most of the other boxing scenes in these movies and uh, I thought, thought it was kind of refreshing for it so yeah pretty good pretty good third installment of, of that uh, series so that's all the movies I've watched in the last month except for <gasps> a movie that Paul has also seen oh sorry breaking news before you breaking shoes Breaking news. Due to illness, Adam Cole isn't clear tonight. Therefore, the Adam Cole versus Tom Lauder match is cancelled. Oh. 
FYI. So you, you can revoke your uh, seven out of ten, whatever you give. <laughs> What's disappointing? Unfortunately, we'll, we're, we're one match down. One match down. Maybe one of the pre-show matches will move to the, the main show. Anyway, go on. Yeah, we watched a little movie. Yeah. Um, the latest Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid mm. City. Yes. What, what did you think, Paul? Well, I'm a big Wes Anderson fanatic. I've seen every, every movie he's put out. Uh, from Bottle Rocket all the way up to French Dispatch and uh, have liked to loved every mm-hmm. movie he's put out to a various a various degree. I thought uh, that I well, first of all, I, I'll say that I, I liked the movie. Um, I will say it's maybe his weakest he's he's put out so far. Um, I think it was uh, it was a little bland. Um, I thought there was uh, there was not enough going on plot wise in terms of there being a hook for you to pay attention. Even even mm-hmm. to compare to something like Grand Budapest Hotel, is you have the painting and you have the chase for the painting and who stole the painting and like plot wise, there's a lot going on. This one was very very I don't even want to call it meandering. It's just doing nothing was happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was the worst example as well of Wes Anderson casting 500 actors in the movie and half of them having nothing to do. Uh, Willem Dafoe, who's one of the the, the all-time greats as far as I'm concerned, mm. he, he shows up for literally 30 seconds. And I mean, you could, you know, the, the Red Letter Media Phantom Menace review thing where they're like, describe the character to mm-hmm. me. You know, what's Willem Dafoe's character in this movie? friend of the director who's just there for no reason like what what's the point of him being there he, oh it's because wes anderson wants to cast him in a movie and there's mm. nothing for him i'll write your role quickly here here you go um um i thought it looked fantastic although i will say the the cinema we saw had a, a very bad projection which well. sucked a lot of the color out of it but i could appreciate how, how good uh, a, a movie it, it looked mm. But uh, and also, I found that the meta of it being a, a, a play within a film, like that, didn't really work at all for me. The fact that it kept going back to this Brian Cranston narrating the creation of this play that just felt totally superfluous. What, to was, the, totally, what was the point of that? I didn't. What was the point of any of it? And then the and then the ending, without spoiling it, the ending just didn't hit for me at all. Mm-hmm. That they, they 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 have you know kind of a story happening within this play, and then the ending gets very meta and. Mm. Just kind of goes, and then and then the end. Bye. So, um, so yeah, I, I I thought it was maybe his weakest movie he's put out. I thought it was. I thought it was. I wouldn't say it was like boring or anything, but I thought it was it had a very little going on, both above and beneath the surface. And as mm-hmm. as a big Wes Anderson fan, I came out of it fairly disappointed. Um, I think I went like a three star. I wouldn't go any higher than that. Maybe even two and a half. Two and a half to three star. Mm-hmm maximum that's that's where i would be and french dispatch the, the previous one a lot of people didn't love i gave a nine so like i'm i'm usually very very high i love royal, royal tenenbaums uh darjeeling limited is my favorite i love grand budapest you know typically i love his movies this one just wasn't enough enough meat on the bones so to speak um what do you make of it um yeah, I, I don't. The last Wes Anderson movie I saw was The Life Aquatic with Steve Sazu. Really? Okay, so you've yeah. missed the last like, Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest people people would consider his like I want to say biggest hit. I know mm. I know 
people people still refer to Ted and Babs as being his his kind of signature movie. But like, in terms of being accessible and not completely esoteric and, and mm. boring, I think Grand Budapest Hotel is one that a, a, a typical movie watcher might enjoy. Yeah, quite possibly. But I, so I've seen the Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, and then this one. Uh, I found the Life Aquatic so boring that I, I didn't want to watch any of his other movies. Well, Life, Life Aquatic, I would say, is one you watch when you're already a fan yeah. and you've already wormed your way in. Yeah, I, 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 I felt the same way, actually, when I first... I, I watched Life Aquatic was my first ever Wes Anderson movie. Mm. And I was like, this is so boring. What is, what is this? And then you kind of you kind of wean your way in on some of the simpler ones. And I would say Grand Budapest is maybe the best starter one, to be honest. And then once you kind of... And I'm not, I'm not saying you don't get Wes mm. Anderson. Obviously, you do. But once you kind of become acclimatized to his his kind of way of storytelling, you can you can enjoy something like, like Life Aquatic, but... Your your view on that is, I think, totally justified. Yeah, I also just hate twee stuff. Anything that's a bit twee. Just like, <laughs> no, no. I will say Grand Budapest is is really really good. I think I I I'm think even even Wes Anderson naysayers will probably get some enjoyment out of that. that, yeah, that that's the, the one that people should watch. Um, so anyway, this one I I actually didn't. I wasn't bored by this one. I did nearly fall asleep at one point, but I was quite tired. So I'm going to be the film. But yeah, just it's very dialogue heavy very kind of happy with itself very just introduces characters and in a very kind of flat way um i did like the the look of it you know it's got although it also feels a bit well, that's where these kind of distinct kind of pastel coloring this desert town in in america and all this bright kind of neo neon 50s kind of style it kind of all merged into one for me because it was all so similar it was all these blues and yellows i just kind of felt it, it it actually lacked a kind of vibrancy because it was so repetitive. Yeah, um, yeah I, I I didn't take much from it. I didn't I didn't dislike it, but uh, yeah, not one I would ever sort of want to watch again. No, I, and I and I didn't I enjoy the, the the meta element either. It just confused me to be honest. I didn't really know what that was. I mean, until, until the end, then I realised what was going on. <laughs> but I most of the movie, I was like, how does this relate to the thing? Is this what? I wasn't really sure. So, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I mean, as far as Life Aquatic being kind of self fellatio, I think this movie, to an extent, is even worse. It's just kind of like, oh, fucking wanking myself off to mm. this meta idea of oh, the play. And then at one point, Brian Cranston shows up in the play and goes, I really shouldn't oh, be no. here. And I was like, oh, this is, I'm a collision guy. <laughs> yeah, this is, it was, it was, it was annoying. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as a big fan, I, I was, I was, decently disappointed with it because uh, i felt like he'd been on a run of form up until now his last his last couple of movies have all been really good and this one mm. this one was the one that kind of landed with a clunk uh, i watched two other movies i watched uh haggard the movie for the first time haggard which is haggard. The, uh, which is the uh 2003 i think it is bam margera ryan dunn jackass crew they obviously made a narrative they made two narrative movies neither of which i had actually got around to it why ever watching but i finally watched haggard is the one that I, all skater kids from that era all all adored mm. as it was the all all the guys from jackass and and the movies got a decent amount of skateboarding in as well um i thought that haggard was uh not good <laughs> first and foremost um and yet had had a kind of undeniable 
cringy likability to it. Um, so yeah, so again, I went. I think I went two two and a half stars on it. It's not one that I would recommend as being any kind of good movie, but mm-hmm. certainly as someone who's been a fan of Jackass for the longest time, it was nice to see the old friends pop on pop up one more t- one more time, albeit in a movie that wasn't particularly well written, acted, directed, conceived. <laughs> Hardly most of the things you would objectively judge a movie on, this this was bad. But uh, like I said, kind of bordering on a, a type of guilty pleasure, I suppose. But even then, not very good. But but it but like likable more so than enjoyable. And I can appreciate the the idea behind it, even if it was very mm-hmm. good. Uh, and then I watched Mulholland Drive for the first time. David Lynch's uh, two thousand and one kind of surrealist noir. And again, I would liken this to what I was saying about the Wes Anderson movies is that I probably, as a David Lynch fan, I probably wouldn't start with Mulholland Drive because I feel like it's a movie that I appreciated more being so familiar with the kind of tone and and, and acting styles and, and so on of Lynch's other movies. Um, I think if I had started with this, I would have been like, the direction of the acting here is very strange. And the film doesn't make a lot of sense, and and there's a, there's a bit where there's just uh, other characters and they don't have any involvement in the rest mm. of the movie. What's happening? And and but having watched so many of so many hours now of, of Lynch's stuff to finally come around to Mulholland Drive, I felt like I, I kind of got it and I I was able to really enjoy it. Uh, I will say. A lot of people hold it up as like his masterpiece. I will say I, I wasn't like completely on board with it. Like, oh, 10 out of 10, fucking best film ever. But I do feel like it's a movie that will will, will work well on rewatch. I think the, the next time I watch it, I'll enjoy it even more. The mm. third time I watch it, I'll enjoy it even more than the second. But I will say I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's where I'd start with, nah. with Lynch. I, I think Twin Peaks is the perfect you know, door into to David Lynch's uh, stuff. Uh, then you have your your Eraserhead, your Elephant. Although Eraserhead, maybe not. I I love the Eraserhead pretty much immediately, but people might be turned off by it. Elephant Man, um, and and then Mulholland Drive. I I I did really really like it, but I think it's uh, it's like like I gave Danielson Okada uh, a nine on the enjoyment points. I kind of went strong eight, low nine on Mulholland Drive because I feel like when I watch it a second time, I'll actually enjoy it more. Mm. Um, but that was very good. Now the the, the performances in it, Naomi Watts and uh, etc., were all very good in it. Um, and it is a bit weird. And and I I've said many times that I do enjoy a movie that feels a bit off, feels like a nightmare, or feels like a, a weird dream. I think Mulholland Drive definitely has that. Um, so I'll, I'll give a thumbs up on it. But uh, I th- I think I'll have a better appreciation for it when I revisit it, maybe in a few years. I felt the same because I watched that when I was quite young, maybe fifteen or something, and I, yeah. I, I kind of sensed it was a good movie, but I didn't really understand. It. I hadn't seen enough films or <laughs> really knew enough to understand it, and I haven't watched it since. I would like to rewatch that because I think I would enjoy it a lot more. On um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of symbolism as you get as you get older. You start to mm, yes, really think about that. You know, you get older yeah. and wiser, and and, and there is there is a big twist to it. I, I don't want to say that the twist is like. Uh, an M. Night Shyamalan 
<laughs> they were fucking dinosaurs the whole time. There's a very <laughs> clever twist that it, you know. Yeah. I, because I'm 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 familiar with, and I'm not saying. Well, I watch David Lynch movies, therefore I'm smarter or whatever. But if you're familiar with David Lynch's movies and cer- certain themes that he uses a lot, the twist is is kind of very easy to, to get. Like you understand what, what what's happening and what's being shown. But yeah, if I watched it when I was 15, I wouldn't have a fucking clue what was going, what was going on. What's this stupid ending? Well, wait a minute, what's where's all the characters I like gone? What's going on? But uh, I think it's really smart and it works really well as a kind of a, a metaphor for, you know, Hollywood generally speaking i think it really really works on that though because you have naomi watts is playing the bushy-eyed new girl coming to hollywood to make her mark on the scene and blah blah, blah. and then obviously the way that's reflected in, in the ending i thought was really really smart so yeah thumbs up david um well done, son. Well done. and now we have the latest ever tv finale review <laughs> Joe, what did you make of the finale of, of Succession, a show that went off the air three and a half years ago? Uh, well, they're already rebooting it on HBO Max, I think. But no, I um, yeah, we watched Succession, God, ages ago. So I can't, we did talk about it last week, didn't we? I can't remember. Michelle and I watched it at the airport, at Las Vegas airport. Well, we, we might have just talked. Between I think us. we talked between we us. We did it on, on air. Yeah. yeah, we watched it. We couldn't wait because we were at Double or Nothing when the, the show was going out, so we didn't see it live. And then I couldn't get the thing to work in the US because of the rights and everything, so that was a pain in the ass. So uh, we actually watched it at Las Vegas Airport while we were waiting for you know our flight to Los Angeles. Uh, so we had the tablet on top of the suitcase, which was perfect, really. <laughs> one one earbud in each, you know, each uh, listening to it. The, the um, optimal way to watch any kind of movie or TV show. On a what, tablet on a suitcase with one earbud in. This is how I'm going to watch Oppenheimer as well. Uh, that's Chris Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, it was... It, it delivered... It delivered perfectly. I think it, it it gave you a perfect ending. There was no ambiguity, really. Or no, no. Well, not no ambiguity, but there was... It, it didn't spell things out, but there it was a very clear-cut kind of ending... That yeah. went in a particular direction. It wasn't like, ooh, what actually happened there? We're too cowardly to give you an actual ending. We'll just, you know, fob it off. No, it, it went one way, and it may not have been the way a lot of us, you know, maybe were rooting for or kind of cheering for, but then it's not that kind of show where it's about, like, there are no good guys that you're cheering for to kind of win the day. So really, whoever sort of won at the end was always going to be the kind of bad guy winning. Um so I thought it was a good ending. I thought it was one that made a lot of sense given the characters, um, given their kind of lack of ability to work together for the greater good. It was all, they're always so selfish and always thinking about their own little you know, part in the world, their own little piece of the cake. And if they had to destroy the whole thing to stop someone else from getting it, they'll do that. <laughs> that was what it was all about. And it, and it saw that through right to the end. And I thought it was, it was very, very good. Yeah, when I think back on it, it seems like every character had their own little story wrapped up with a neat bow, mm. satisfying across the board. Yeah, I mean, there was there were one or two elements of the finale that I thought were maybe imperfect, but I thought as far as giving closure to all the characters and you know leaving them off in very different situations, I thought it did a, a bang up job, and I can't wait for a few years down the line 
spend a little bit more time with the Roy's mm. and, and start over from, from season one. Cause I know you did already right for this one, watch the episodes again. I've only watched each episode once. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I would love five, six, seven, eight, ten years down the line. Mm. We're going to give succession another, another watch. Uh, let me forget a little bit of some of the, yeah. some of the bits and pieces and, and come to it somewhat fresh and, and oh, what a show. I mean, as far as not shitting the bed with the finale, I think now that it's all said and done, for me, one of one of the greats, one mm. of the all-time greats. Mm. Mm. I mean, not a bad episode in the bunch, I gotta say. Not really. I think no, across the board, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Um, yeah, so I, I'll give I'll give a big thumbs up on that as well. I've been watching, continue to watch Nirvana the band, the show, my rewatch, uh, not quite as uh, as exciting as a Succession mm. rewatch, but this this is my first time revisiting Nirvana the band, the show, which I'm very happy to have got Barry on board with somewhat. Um, so I've watched all the special features from the web series, and I've started watching the TV series proper and. As as nice as the web series is, and and and, and as uh, charming as it is, when you get to the TV series, it's like mm. fucking ah, oh, <laughs> ooh baby, give me that. Mm, I'm just nom 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 eating it up. The TV series is is out of this world good, um, including the, the most recent episode I watched where they uh, they go to the premiere of uh, the Force Awakens and use <laughs> cam footage from. The movie in their episode uh, mm. is just is, is tremendous. I mean, that's the one thing I love about Nirvana. The band is it's so funny, but also just flagrant use of copyrighted material, which they get away with because of fair use. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying that. Um, shame there's not so many episodes. Only two two seasons of eight or nine episodes each, so they get through them very quick. One thing that I want to get around to as well, because I've been all I've been hearing about is the bear. So I do need to get around to adding that to the old uh, listing as well, because mm. uh, I've I've watched any of it. I didn't start season one. I've heard I've heard it's very good, but I'm also watching Mad Men now. So Mad Men will take up my my time for the time being. Uh, in terms of video games, Joe, did you watch any of that Nintendo Direct, or did you hear anything coming out of it that made it maybe uh, uh, interested you? Nothing that interested me. I saw the uh, Super Mario is an elephant now. Mario, I saw, I saw the Mario RPG. That was it. And then there's a Princess the Peach 2D, game. The, yeah. And the new 2D Mario game. Oh, new 2D Mario. Oh, actually, yeah, I, I do like the look of that. Mario, Mario Wonder. Mario, is it, wait, Wonder or Wonder? Wonder with an O. Wonder with an O. Yeah, I did like the look of that. I, I still haven't checked out any of those new sort of 2D games. I should. Maybe I will pick up one of those. But I want to get Fight Forever as well, so... Yeah, but. I mean the, the other two D games I'm not so hot on. I don't I don't really care for mm. um for new Super Mario Bros. U or whatever it's called. Right, I, yeah. I'm not crazy about those. I, I really liked um Mario 3D World, Mario 3D Land, which which had kind of they weren't 2D, but they had more 2D elements to them compared to something like Odyssey. Bowser's Fury, I thought was excellent as well. I don't know if you played that already. Um No. But yeah, I feel I want more Odyssey. Where's our new 3D Mario I know. Game? Well, that's kind of why I tuned in. I thought, oh, maybe they'll announce that. Because <laughs> not. 2D. I mean, the 2D one looks okay. I mean, I've just because I've. I don't think there's been a really good 2D Mario game since. Since Mario. 
since Yoshi's Island, let's say, but really since Mario World. Um, but you know, we'll 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 uh, we'll go in with an open mind. Hopefully, this one will be will be great. But just watching it, it just had eight out of ten all over it to me. Mm. Um, Fight Forever obviously is out this week, so here's my plan. So I'm obviously still playing Zelda, and I know um, Barry has started to play some other games as well. He's played Jedi Survivor and and uh, this and that. But uh, Barry is, I think, I think he's reached fifty hours on Zelda already. Um, I, on the other hand, have reached <coughs> hundred and twenty hours. Oh, <coughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I've, I'm just about past the 120-hour threshold, which is a lot of time, 120. So my plan is is what I'm going to do is I'm going to beat the game, beat the story of the game before AEW comes out. Uh, that might take me another, I don't know, 5, 10 hours. But I want, whatever else I do, because I do do a lot of, you know, moseying about, exploring doing some side quests, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I do want to do some... I do want to beat the, the main story, first and foremost, before Fight Forever comes out. Then I'm going to switch over to Fight Forever and only play Fight Forever as my main game for a few weeks or whatever. And then I have my Zelda hardcover guidebook coming. And once that arrives, I think that's scheduled to come on like 10th of July or something. When that comes, I can go back to Zelda and, and check box off some of the other stuff I have left to do in terms of... I don't think I'll ever 100% it, but certainly doing all the side quests and all the shrines and all the armor sets and blah, 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 blah. So I want to have a good two-week period where I'm not playing Zelda at all. I'm just going to play Fight Forever, which I'm very... Uh, nice, nice. Very much looking forward to. The more I see of it, the more I kind of think it's going to be, it's going to be quite fun. Um, you're going to get it on Switch, are you? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't want to play on PC really, so switchy, no. switchy will be the way. Even if the graphics yeah. aren't as good, to be honest, I haven't played a wrestling game since uh, WrestleMania 18. So to me, the graphics are going to be like, "Fuck, is this real? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, WrestleMania 18 was pretty awful as well. To be fair, yeah, it's the worst of the worst of the GameCube wrestling games. Um. At least the license one. Like Legends of WrestleMania might have been worse, but uh, Day of Reckoning, Day of Reckoning Two, even WrestleMania Nineteen were all better. WrestleMania Nineteen was stinky. Were you a uh, uh, WrestleMania Two Thousand or No Mercy? WrestleMania WrestleMania Two Thousand. Yeah, I wish it had been yeah. No Mercy, but unfortunately not. I think this will probably be similar in, in mm. to WrestleMania Two Thousand. And actually, people love No Mercy, but I will always have a soft spot for WrestleMania Two Thousand with its. Mm. Uh, it's it's endless roster and uh, story mode where you just have endless matches and then a promo once every ninety matches there will be a promo mm. segment for some reason where they all they shake around all weird while they talk. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. We've got the the roster confirmed now, uh, fifty two wrestlers I think it was, and then with the DLC and uh, pre order. Pre-order two versions of Matt Hardy, uh, Matt Hardy and Broken Matt Hardy with the pre-order. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to getting my uh, getting my, my my fingers into it. Doing a bit of the career mode. I've always been a wrestling career mode sucker, mm. um, and uh, yeah, I'm really really looking forward to it. So so let's see after 
years and years of development feels like how it how it turns out. Um, and then finally, we got some music uh, to listen to. Uh, I've listened to two albums, Joe, which I'll quickly run through. Yeah, uh, Queens of the Stone Age have a new album out called In Times New Roman. It's very good. It's very sleazy. It's it's rocking. Uh, Emotion Sickness, the lead single, I think is still probably my favorite song on it. But it's it's an album that starts off very well. Some some very uh, unique, memorable uh, riffs and licks. And Josh Hom is is a great lead man and a great singer. Uh, although on some tracks here, he literally sounds like David Bowie. I think he's I don't know if it was intentional, but there's some tracks where he's he's almost doing a David Bowie impression at times. Mm. Uh, the album gets a little bit a little bit bland in the middle, and then it picks up again towards the end. But I would overall give it a thumbs up. I like Queens of the Stone Age anyway, but uh, this this one was good. Uh, definitely the singles they released on it. This one and Paper Machete, get it? I thought were both uh, were both really really good singles, and, and the album overall is very good. Uh, and I also listened to the new Cat Stevens or Yusuf slash Cat Stevens as he now goes by. Uh, new album, King of a Land. And I've always, I've always liked Cat Stevens stuff. Uh, T for the Tiller Man and Father and Son and Oh Moon Shadow. Love all that stuff. But uh, this one, I this one I thought was okay. It was kind of easy listening, but it, it the songs that kind of all sounded the same. A little bit, a little bit bland. A little bit just. Yeah. It all sounded like Cat Stevens. Don't mm. get me wrong, but mm. aside from the title track, which is King King of a Land, uh, it's just kind of washed over me. And it's kind of the thing I would have on in the background, just have a nice kind of sound on without necessarily paying attention to it. But there was nothing, nothing too toe tapping coming out of it. It, it. it was perfectly okay. Nice. What about yourself? Well, I got five albums uh, <laughs> the last five weeks. I won't go extensively through them, but. In order, uh, first was Communion by Years and Years. Um, so that's a band I, I do like a lot. Some of their their, their big hits like King. Um, so I really like them. And I, I really like the album. It's kind of more of the same if you've heard any of their sing- big singles. And um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, when I was in LA, I listened to Tickets to Ride by The Carpenters, um, which is... You know, I like the Carpenters. My parents used to listen to them a lot when I was a kid. (laughs) So I I have a lot. I know a lot of their songs off by heart. Uh, I've never really listened (laughs) to them. But um, they have such a, it's a very, such a gentle 60s sound. Like it's just the gentlest music you'll ever hear in your life. (laughs) Nothing bad could ever happen in a, in a um, Carpenters Although, give that Cat Stevens album a listen, that might give it a run for its money. Okay. Um, big song being Ticket to Ride um, yeah, on that yeah, album. Yeah. Um, I listened to Hannah by Sophie Ellis Baxter. Uh, it was someone I, I like a lot. She had a couple of big singles. Um, Groove Jet yeah, and Murder, Murder on the Dance Floor. You better not kill the groove. So I really like her. This album, not very similar to those big hits. It's a lot more mm. kind of, um, what's the word? introspective maybe it's still dance but it's is much more kind of chilled out sort of mm. thing you might listen to if you've been in like ibiza doing a lot of drugs you're absolutely off your tits and the next <laughs> the <laughs> next day you're, you're coming down and you're like oh i just need something like something chilled on you kind of right. sit out, sit out on your balcony of your hotel room and listen to listen to this um that's that's got sort of vibe to it so it was, it was good 
not quite what I was expecting. Uh, Licensed to Ill by the Beastie Boys. Um, they're a funny band because they have some really brilliant songs uh, like Five Year Rights to Party, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, Sabotage. Uh, but then the rest of the album really is just like novelty songs. Brass Monkey, the Funky Monkey. Yeah, it's stuff like that. It kind of reminds me of, is it Goldie Looking Chain? I don't know if you remember that Welsh yeah, 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 kind of rap yeah, band yeah, yeah, from back yeah, in the day. Yeah. It's basically yeah. them if they had like three or four f- absolute fucking bangers. <laughs> just some reason were just amazing. Um, that's kind of um, my assessment of the Beastie Boys. Uh, but it, was, it was an okay album. Uh, and then finally this week, I've been listening to Anthology by Alien Ant Farm. Um, so I was discussing this band last week with, with someone at work and I thought I'd go back and revisit because I do love... Well, basically two of their songs, Movies, which is a song that no one seems to remember, even though I think it was quite a big hit at the time. I, I remember the video. The, the movies. Is the other song you remember Smooth Criminal? <laughs> yeah, because I, I think the reason we discussed it is because Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson was playing in this restaurant. Uh, I was like, to me, the definitive version is Alien Ant Farm. Like I've hardly ever heard the Michael Jackson version. Like, right, right, right. I, I've only really ever heard the, the Alien Ant Farm one, and I just prefer it because it's got that kind of very early two thousands new metal kind of just yeah. vibe to it. Um, so yeah, so this is that album. It's pretty good. It's it's you know similar sound to those songs, um, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah, I prefer I prefer the Alien Ant Farm version now as well because. Sin was about a bad man. I can't, I can't listen to it anymore. They should cover. <laughs> they should cover all of his songs. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, so yeah, that's the albums. The tricky one, trying to listen while traveling and doing other stuff. So I'm a bit, yeah. bit off, but I did manage to keep up the one a week. So I must be at this point. I, I must have done like 25 albums at least this year. That's probably more. Um, I need to keep make a full list, um, but I'm glad I've kept it up. Well, there you go. That's that uh, that's everything. It we are finally caught up with that big backlog of reviews of of everything, and hopefully next week Barry will be back. Paul, myself, and him will be reviewing Forbidden Door. We'll be reviewing Dynamite. We'll be reviewing AW Collision. Probably we'll be reviewing Rampage, even though we said we wouldn't. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and we will we'll be looking ahead to the road. To all in Wembley in two months. Oh, baby. The summer starts here. Here we go. Um, yeah, so that's it. So just up to me to say thank you for listening. Um, hope you appreciate it. Don't forget to email in. Go to chairshoppodcast.com. You can tweet us uh, at chairshoppod on Twitter um, or our individual Twitters, which I'm sure you know by now or you can find on twitter.com. Um, so it is goodbye from me and it's goodbye from my good friend co-host Paul Griffin goodbye